Hi, I'm Rafaro, and you're listening to Start Up Surrey, a podcast brought to you by Shin Enterprise at the University of Surrey. So first of all, could you introduce yourself and your business? Okay, I'm Maddie Glenn and I run Softwood Self-Publishing, which essentially edits novels for authors. We work a lot with American authors, um, but we're looking to open up to more English authors and Australian authors. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. So could you tell me a little bit about your journey from being a literature student to coming up with this idea to actually launching it? Well, I started at Reading University studying English literature and philosophy and while you're at university as an undergrad you think you know what your job is going to be and you come up with a different job every three months um, and I was like I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be a journalist, I'm going to work with magazines and then I went to work with a magazine and for a week and I hated it so I <laughs> dropped that idea. Anyway I came out of uni with no idea of what I wanted to do, a lot like, like many many students. And I went and travelled for two months and then I went to live in Sheffield and I couldn't find a job. And nobody could, none of my friends could find a job. Either they went abroad and found a job abroad or they couldn't find a job here. Um, And I ended up on benefits, ended up in a horrible flat in Sheffield that was literally mouldy. And by about six months after graduating, I just said, I can't find a job. I have to find my own job. I have to find my own job. I don't have a choice. And I sat down with my brother, who helped me kind of monetize any skills I have. So there was writing, there's editing I'd done before. Um, and we worked out how to monetize the things I already knew. So I started a freelance editing business. Um, I just I just made a free website online <laughs> and started promoting it. And I found free books, th- sorry, five books I could do for free, um, made a portfolio that took one summer. And... By, what, three months later, I was earning money for this business that had a free Wix website online. It was a really bad website, um, but I was making money from it and from my own brain, from my own idea. And um, and then I left Sheffield and moved back to my parents' house. And I lived with my mum again for another year and my brother. I did a, a course with the Writers Bureau to develop my uh, copy editing skills. And then I got into uh, an MA to do English literature at Surrey. So I moved to Surrey with my new partner and it's just been building and building and building ever since then. And it's like I moved back to mum's and everything got sorted. Everything just fitted into place. Um, And um, here I am. I've been in the Daily Mail last January. I won the pitch competition with Student Enterprise last January. Um, I've been booked all year, solidly booked all year. Um, I've now got huge plans for next year. And it's just it's just really good. It's really built since the last year and a half. Yeah. So you talked about how at the beginning of this process, you decided to edit five books for free. So how was the experience of finding those clients like? Were they people you already knew? Were they books you'd written? It's funny because I, I hear a lot of new businesses um, getting work from friends and family. I haven't once got work from friends and family. I found it all online. There are a lot of authors, budding authors online. And I just said, I'm offering 
uh, a free edit to the first five people who contact me. And I got them really, really quickly. Some of them were short stories. I think two of them were novels. One of them is I'm still working with now, just like two and a half years later or maybe three years later. Yeah, so how did that experience of working with those first five people give you the confidence to start reaching out to new people and give you the confidence to start charging? I knew at some point I'd have to start charging. The difficult thing was deciding how much to charge. Um, um, I suppose it was a bit of a test run for me to see if I could edit, if I was any good at it. Mm-hmm. And I found that I loved it. I really loved it. I'd done editing before, but not... I hadn't done novel editing. Uh, I'd done journalistic stuff, writing for magazines and editing for magazines. And um, I don't know, I suppose I just realised I was good at it. And I wanted to do this, and I had the drive to make my own job. I don't want to call it... I didn't think let's make a business. I didn't think of it like that. I said, I have to find a job. I can't find one, so I'll make my own. Um, So it sounds all entrepreneurial. I sat down, I quit my job and decided to make my own business. It just wasn't like that. I just didn't have a choice, really. But I suppose my family are all entrepreneurial. So it wasn't that weird for me. It wasn't like the crazy idea. A crazy idea for my family were to have a nine-to-five job with an office you know, um, because my parents all work in music. They're all freelancers in music. Um, My brother now travels in in a truck called Rusty. Um, My other brother helps my dad run a business. Um, (laughs) We don't have normal jobs, you know. (laughs) So it was quite normal for me to set up my own business, I suppose. So you kind of talked a little bit earlier about how you did a lot of work with Student Enterprise. So could you tell us a little bit more about how Student Enterprise helped you to make your business and to keep it going? Well, I was uh, I was doing quite well with the business when I went to the open day here. And the open day was the first time I heard of Student Enterprise. That's, generally, that's earlier than a lot of people. <laughs> generally gobsmacked that yeah. that was a thing. That they were, there was a department on campus that would help students run businesses. I I thought they would be like, don't run a business while being a student, are you crazy? But they were actually helping students run businesses, which I just thought was like, whoa, people do that? <laughs> um, so then it, I started doing the um, sessions, uh, was it on Tuesdays or something, uh, after, after evening sessions. Um, and then it was crazy. I had the busiest day ever and I knew that there was this pitching competition thing networking thing going on in the evening with student enterprise and I, I I thought I'd be exhausted so I didn't expect to go and at the end of the day I was like buzzing I was like okay I'm gonna go I'll just go and see what happens and I um I just kind of spontaneously put my name up on the board to do a pitching competition and somehow I won <laughs> somehow they liked my my business idea which was I'm just a bit of a shy person, so I was like, ah, hide. <laughs> and I won 150 quid from the student enterprise, which went towards developing my, my website into making it a good one. <laughs> and then a few months later, I was given a key by Howard for the office space here. Uh, it's just a brilliant office space that I can use whenever I like. And there are other people who are like-minded who work there as well. And there's computers there and there's a there's a whole desk there and there are no children running around and there are people who actually want to run the business, um, students who are focused probably more on their business than on their studies, um, which is like me, I guess. Um, and it, I don't know, it, it just opened up a whole different world for me. It was really helpful. 
Yeah. So how would you say that community has helped you with your business, both in terms of the community that you've gotten through Student Enterprise and the community that you have through the literary world? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? I suppose the Student Enterprise just, they supported me. They gave me the, the, I thought a lot of people would say, this is a stupid idea, running a business and doing an MA. That's crazy. Um, And they were like, okay, great. What do we do? How do we do this? (laughs) Let's go. I was like, wow. So I suppose they they really supported me and my idea. um, And they really bought into the idea. They think it's a great idea. I think that's what I've got feedback for. They think it's a good idea. Um, And the literary world. So I started on Wattpad. That's how I got my first five free people. Um, Facebook. I know that Facebook isn't the best... um, the best platform for uh, social media. It's a bit of a mess. It's a bit complicated. But the Facebook groups are a goldmine for uh, for the society of writers um, and supporters, um, people who need editing as well. So there's a lot of work on there. But it's not just a goldmine literally for money. It's There is so much help on there and so many people to discuss and so many people in different levels of their writing ability and their writing journey um there are people who have just started writing at age 80 mm-hmm. and people who are starting writing at 14 and they're all talking together on these groups um discussing ideas and feedback and stuff um that's where i get a lot of my clients from twitter as well the writing community on twitter is insane it's huge very helpful um, there's a lot of advice and feedback on there. Um, yeah, I say Twitter and Facebook online. Cool. So as someone who is studying literature full time and is also in the literary world as an editor, do you get a chance to read for fun? And if so, what are your favourite types of books to read then? Reading for fun? Um, I love reading. If if I'm not reading a book, it's there's something wrong with me. There's something going on. Um, I, I, I just think it's wrong when I'm not reading a book. It feels weird. But doing MA and running a business at the same time means that I don't get to read as much as I like. Um, and it takes me a long time to read what I used to read very quickly. Um, so I try. I try and read for pleasure. I love reading. Um, the books I read mostly, I'd love to be able to read more of the classics, so they take way too long. You know, I'd love to read more Dickens and Hardy. I'd love those. But um, And I'd love to say, yeah, I read Les Mis. Huh. No. <laughs> um I try and read in the genres that I edit, which is mostly fantasy, sci-fi, sometimes romance. Um, I try and read self-published works. Um, They're quite hard to find self-published works that are good enough. What's the last book you couldn't put down or that you could put down, but you're thinking about during the daytime? because that's me always like thinking about a book I'm like can't wait to go home to that The Toy Makers by Robert Dinsdale um, if anyone's read The Night Circus it's like that but in a toy shop kind of set it's a quite a Christmassy book um, and it was just such a heartwarming lovely thing to read you know how The Night Circus you, it's sort of spooky but heartwarming and brilliant and this was about a a man and his two sons who are magic toy makers. They and there are these. They they have a pet dog who's a toy, but he acts like a dog and he barks and he's. It's just brilliant. It's so 
sort of um, you can see it as a film. You really see it as a film, and it's just fantastical and warming. <laughs> I loved it. I really loved it. So, how would you say that as someone who is an MA student who runs their own business, who also has like family and friend commitments? How have you been able to balance all of those, and how has trying to balance them helped inform them? Because I'm sure things kind of leak into different parts of your life so how has that worked for you bit of a control freak when it comes to time management I've always done more than one project at a time at when I was in my undergrad I was running a student magazine that I founded myself I was doing the undergrad I had a big friendship group and I was running a band um that was four things in in the second year and it almost broke me but I did it (laughs) um and I've just always been a multi-project kind of person because I'm quite good at time management, I suppose. Um, I I just, I like structure and I get quite panicked without structure. <laughs> that, sounds, that makes me sound really boring, but <laughs> um, I, I just, I like managing my time very precisely. Um, so I suppose um, I just... I just make sure I have a to-do list that splits up everything throughout the week. So I don't just say, I need to have this done by the end of the week. I know exactly when I'm going to do it. And every morning I know exactly like the order of things I'm going to do things in, which means I just get things done. Yeah. I don't miss deadlines. That's not me. And if I know I'm going to miss a deadline, I tell people. I let people know. Um, and I, I've, I've taken a year off uni because I knew I wouldn't be able to get those deadlines. So how would you say that having that um, student enterprise community and having like friends and not people who share that space with you who are starting businesses, how has that helped you to adapt your time management skills, the way that you approach customers? Like what have you learned from your community? I suppose uh, a lot of people who start businesses um, worked in a business and then quit their job and started a business. I never did that. I worked in a business for five weeks. I don't really count. Um, so I didn't know most of the processes, what customer management, customer um, experience really meant. Um, and I think from a lot of feedback and workshops, I've learned a lot about what is good customer experience. I mean, sometimes it's really obvious, you know, if you sort of um, under-deliver, that's bad customer experience, but... It's it's really hard to know when you're over delivering. How can you give more than you than they expected? And it's I've learned that that's it's actually quite important to undersell yourself and over deliver more than it is to oversell yourself and under deliver. And I think I've from a lot of feedback of people going through my website and people doing a sort of test run of how I work. I suppose I've had a lot of feedback on how to how to look professional or how to improve the customer experience. Also, one of the first workshops I went to was Student Enterprise. Revolutionised how I use Instagram (laughs) completely. Um, Because I'm not very good at Instagram. I never really know what to post. And this woman, I can't remember her name, but she, she just gave me an idea for how to schedule the next month of posts what to write and how to design your Instagram and what to put on it. And if you look at my Instagram now, it's really organised and pretty. <laughs> um, and I've got them scheduled out because I like scheduling. I've got them scheduled out for the next month. You know? um, so that really helped. 
that really helped, taught me a lot about social media. Oh yeah, I think that must have been Nikki Creel's workshop who did her How to Create an Award-Winning Social Media Strategy. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was really helpful. So you talked about one of the workshops that influenced your social media strategy the most, but would you say that there's one particular piece of advice that you've been given that you found the most valuable with your business, whether that is from a business point of view or a creative point of view? Like, what's the best piece of advice? Yeah, I suppose what... Um, Caroline Cooper um, did a workshop with a crew uh, in November I think it was in November and I had a conference call with her to go through my website and she was the one who told me undersell yourself and over deliver not that you're saying I'm rubbish I'm so bad you know it's just a way of saying this is what I can and can't do that you know this is what you're buying into and don't let people know that you have something up your sleeve so that when they start working with you you go ah Here's my amazing extras. I'm so good. You know, if you give everything up front, then you don't have anything else to give. Um, And I think that really helped me dial back because when you're working in the publishing world, it's so tempting to be like, I can edit this, I can edit that, I can write this, I can write that, I can do everything. I can write poetry, I can do anything. Instead of doing that, just say, I edit fantasy novels. Oh, but you work in romance novels. Okay, I could help you with your romance novel because I do those things. I, I'm going to pull something out my sleeve and help you. Instead of saying I can do everything in the whole world, because um, then you have nothing else to offer. I think that was one of the best bits of advice I've had so far. She was great, Caroline Cooper. Shout out to Caroline Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And so what advice would you give to a student or a recent graduate who feels the same way that you did when you graduated? What advice would you give them about starting a business and life after graduation? Um... You don't have to go and get a job. You don't have to go and find a job. You can make your own job. It's tough. You have to be driven. You have, there's a lot of hard work. But you don't have to get an employer. No, hang on. You don't have to be employed. You don't have to have a boss. In this day and age, with the internet as it is, you can find your own work. You can make your own job quite easily. I don't want to say easily like bish bash bosh you've done it you know and it's it takes 20 seconds i mean if you monetize your skills what you've learned what you're able to do most people will be too lazy to do that most people will want to go and find a job where someone tells them what to do and they'll be looking for people like you who have monetized what they are capable of what you are capable of and i learned that about six months after graduating And I'd love to be able to talk to more people about that. I think it's a really important thing that a lot of kids these days, I mean, I'm talking GCSE level kids or, you know, new students, they just don't know that because nobody's taught them that. Nobody's taught them what business means or how to manage their money, how to manage their bills and what taxes are and what income taxes and all that stuff. They're not taught those things. I think it's really important they are, but I just think it's really important that you don't panic about going to find an employer. Don't panic about the fact that there aren't many jobs out there right now. You can make your own job. It just takes dedication, hard work. You can do it. And so what are your next plans for your company and your career? Um, well, at the moment, I'm, I'm called Software Self-Publishing, but I only do editing. Um, and I really want to build it so that I involve marketers and illustrators at least, to kind of be the one-stop shop for authors 
who want to self-publish or publish. Um, um, so that that involved a lot of research and a lot of planning that I'm just starting now. And, well, I, I kind of planned this a year ago and I haven't really been able to step forward. And I think now I've got the time to step forward. Um, it's really exciting. It's a bit scary. But I'm really looking forward to working out how to employ a freelancer. Um, <laughs> maybe getting a marketer for myself. Um, and maybe trying to look for funding. It's a whole different ball game to what I've been playing in before. It's more like a business rather than a freelancing life. What's the dream for 20 years from now in 2040? I always ask that question and I know it's super overwhelming, but like, where would you love the company to be in 20 years? The trouble is I have too many ideas mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to be known as the place to go when you want to self-publish a book. I don't know if that's a completely wild dream, but I, I'd really like to be like, but obviously you go there, you know, that's the obvious place you go. Mm -hmm. Um... That would be really cool. But I'm also quite interested in events management and I'd love to be able to have my own space um, where I can have an office for the for the books I edit and self-publish and then I can sell the books I edit and self-publish um, in a little shop that also sells maybe local art, art and mo local music and has events and speakers events. Then I could do... Um, say book signing tours for my self-published authors so I think that's a, a bit of a wild idea that I want to be an events management business as well as a self-publishing business but by that point I won't be alone it'll be more than one of me it'll be a whole load of people I hope <laughs> yeah oh, thanks <laughs>